thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to the Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damian Kristoff, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to the Wellness Guys. I'm Lawrence Tam. I'm Damian Kristoff. And I'm Brett Hill. And this is the Wellness Guys Show, a weekly show dedicated to bringing wellness into our lives and Happy New Year. Uh, I think this is when it's going to be a 2014 episode, or one of the earlier ones anyways. I'm pretty excited. It's going to be big things coming up this year. You guys are pretty excited for this year? Pumped. It's going to be Pumped. a massive year. Yep. There's yeah. so much cool stuff planned. I can't wait to share some of the new stuff with everyone. There's going to be some really cool changes to some of our shows. There's going to be some awesome events, which I absolutely can't wait for. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's some really exciting stuff in the pipelines that I just can't wait to share. And if you guys haven't signed up for the Wellness Couch or the Wellness Guys um, newsletter or just, um, I guess, our list, you should definitely go on the wellnesscouch.com or the wellnessguys.com. Make sure you do that because uh, we got some amazing stuff coming up this year. So you want to make sure to be in the in the know. So the only way to be in the know, you're going to have to be part of the part of the community. You're part of the go. You've got to get in the go. It's, uh, there's going to be some massive savings, big specials, competition. There's going to be a whole lot of stuff. And so if you don't sign up, you're going to miss out. So we thought we were going to start the year off by talking a little bit about the our, how we raise our kids. Um, this uh, was uh, inspired by a, um, a person, I guess one of our listeners, who, who kind of gave us a call and uh, left a message saying that uh, you know, he's got two young kids and so I want to know our take on raising you know, wellness kids, I guess. Um, you know, we, we all have kids and uh, different ages, of course, and so we thought we would to give our wellness guys insights on raising kids on how we've done it so far the the goods and the bads and uh and see how um how you know hopefully a few years time a few years time we can look back and go we did a pretty good job so let's start with you damien damien you being the person who um has jackson obviously who the eldest the of oldest, uh, the all I'm the, I'm the elder you, you are the elder actually the statesman, all of us. Uh, <laughs> the statesman. That's, right. that's right so let's start with you i mean uh you had kids when I was probably still in diapers, and so. Um... <laughs> Man, I can't believe you you wear diapers at the age of twenty. That's incredible. <laughs> but you know, each to their own. Each, each to their own. Let's just keep what happens in the bedroom. Anyway, so. LT, yes, I did have Jackson a long time ago. It seems he's thirteen now. He does turn uh, fourteen this year, and you learn a lot. Goodness gracious, you learn. Jackson's had his ups and downs. Um, he, you know, just there's been a few life-threatening events which kind of challenge you a little bit, and you have to wonder, you know, what do I do? And this is all from, you know, everything from walking into the middle of the Princess Highway, pretty much um, when he was about eighteen months old, to oh. then, which freaked me out. Like, oh, I was, I'll tell you that story if if we've got time. To having his head put in a, a moving ceiling fan, that was pretty. Oh, wow. That was pretty oh, serious. Um, to stopping breathing and being raced to hospital um, oh, at the age of about, I think that would have been about, I don't know, twenty months or something like that. He was taken to hospital. That wow. was pretty scary. Um, and he stopped breathing there, all the way through to you know beautiful, perfect health. To then you know a, like a run of where he had you know ear infections and tonsillitis and just bits like that. But I mean, not to say that. We, we ever had to do anything that we, that we didn't want to do. But it's just, it just really challenges the way in which you think of things. And then, you know, and as he approaches his teenage years and he's confronted with many different choices about, um, about food and nutrition and hydration and all those sorts of things, 
um, it's interesting to watch uh, what decisions he makes, especially when we try to do things beautifully at home. So what are some of I mean, obviously you being a nutritional guru in a way, um, you know, especially when you had Jackson. Well, right. oh, in a way. It's been taken away way. from me. Okay. No <laughs> going somewhere else. Who is it now then, huh? Who, who's go- what's going on? Is this because Brett and I had a fight? What's going on? Right, right, let's get back on topic. Let's focus here. Focus. <laughs> so when you when you were, you were, when you're raising Jackson, did you yes. obviously there's gonna be some challenges and challenges yeah. of, you know, the way you want to raise him may not be necessarily how he wants <laughs> to 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 eat in a certain way, especially when he was younger. So, what was what was the key things for you? Like, what I mean, obviously, no one's perfect, um, but what were some of the key fundamentals that you were thinking about when you were raising Jackson? I think the earliest time where I saw Jackson push back with his food and he didn't want to eat what I put on his plate uh, would have been probably two and a half or three. And so, what I used to encourage him to do was to come and choose. I'd say, we're going to have four veggies tonight, so come and choose which veggies you like, you know, so that you know which ones you're going to have on your plate. And, and he would come and he'd go, oh, I want the corn or I want the peas or I want the broccoli or I want the carrot or whatever. And so, you know, this is back before I realised that corn was actually a grain, right? You know, it was a vegetable back then and now it's a grain. But I would say to Jacko, come on, mate, come and choose what you want to eat. And so he would come and he'd choose and he'd choose out of the bucket in the fridge and... And that's, and that's what we'd, we'd cook up. And I got really good results with that. So he always ate his protein. He, there was never any issue with his protein. He was very happy to eat protein, whether it be fish or chicken or red meat or kangaroo. didn't matter. He would get into it. It was fine. Mm. But, um, but when it came to veggies, we had to get him to choose it. Yeah. What about you, Brad? Did you have any challenges with your two kids regards with veggies? Uh- there, there can be challenges. I think, um, I think what Damo just said is really important about getting kids involved. And I'd probably add to that, you know, the, the stuff we found that really works is actually growing stuff at home, like getting them involved in actually growing the stuff um, and then getting them involved in preparing the stuff as well. You know, getting them in the kitchen, on the tabletop with you, you know, playing around with the food, chopping it up, obviously, if you get like a safe knife and all that sort of stuff. But, uh, but really getting your kids actively involved in, I think, really helps. Um, and obviously, you know, I think we've spoken on the show before about just how you communicate that to them, you know, how you communicate to them about different foods and what benefits they're going to get from it in their own language in the way that they like. Um, but certainly, you know, you see changes as your kids get older and they get exposed to different stuff and they get exposed to different foods. And, um, you know, it, it's, a, it's an ongoing process to keep educating them about, you know, what different foods are and you know, how they affect them and what they might expect if they're eating different stuff and eating in certain ways. Um, but, you know, I mean, my kids have been very good. My kids have been really good eaters from a young age, which obviously makes it a lot easier that, you know, I can put just about anything in front of them and they'll usually give it a go. Um, and so that's obviously made it a lot easier from my kids' perspective. I know other parents have a lot more challenges in that regard. Yeah, I definitely um, have the, one of those challenges. It's a split for me. Like my yeah. daughter is absolutely shocking when it comes to food um, in terms of what she's willing to eat, where my son is great. He'll, he has my taste buds. He'll give anything a go. Um, and the challenge is for, for Kaya is that um, you know, she'll eat her veggies, um, but at the beginning it was really tough. To, so to how, do, how do you deal with that, Lawrence? How have you gotten around that? You know, it's choosing, well, a couple things, I think, is choosing veggies that, you know, what Damien said was choosing the veggies that, you know, she will eat um, and and just just keep pushing it. And, and at the beginning, not pushing and forcing it, it's more like it's on the plate and we just negotiate. It was like, okay, well, you have to have these this much, you know, we'll have to cut it in half and we'll have this much. And what's really tamps, awesome. Tamps, <laughs> negotiation. Negotiation, right. yeah. Like but it. the thing is also too as well, what really helped was was actually playing on her values. Um, and, and, and Kaya and, and both Christian and Kaya are very competitive in nature. 
Um, and that's why they would never succeed in Montessori schools. I did. I did. <laughs> I did actually put my foot in it that day, didn't I? In Bali, when we were in Bali, and I, I, I said something to Kaya. Yeah. And the look that she gave me was like, ooh. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. It's a challenge. I love it. I love it. And, and it's tough. And Damien, you know, has been in my house uh, many times. And, and, you know, I think that was also been helpful, too, is because, you know, Kaya looked up to Damien. You know, Damo looked was, up to. When did she stop looking up to me? What's going on? There's been some changes. <laughs> you, <laughs> you, haven't been around, you haven't been around. To What's going on? Oh my gosh! Uh, so you know, when 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 she was young, you know, obviously she she would look you know look up to Damo like you know, he was just amazing. And so because he would only come in once in a while. And so what was cool about it was that um, Damien would also would say something like, I don't know, um, you know, you got to eat your veggies because you got to be strong. But, you know, obviously they won't listen to dad, but they would listen to someone else and she would go and try, give it a try, you know? And, and ever since, you know, those type of thing, or I'll tell Damo if you eat these broccoli, you know, that type of thing. And that playing on those values and knowing what, what, what pushed her as a person, as a personality, even this is as young of age as say two years old, um, you know, you, we can actually start to work out the values and what they really respect and what they want in life. Um, we can, we actually got them to kind of really push towards eating more veggies. Really, I uh, I noticed with Kaya and my I've got a computer in the background that's about to restart, so we might get a bit of a Mac sound in a second. I'm just letting you know, because <laughs> 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 my updates are going mental at the moment. I don't know what's happening. Thanks, Apple. And uh, but I I found with Kaya. If uh, I said to her, and I probably found this with Jackson too a little bit, and I, I haven't had a chance to really get to know your kids, Bredo, but with, because um, you live so far away, with um, with Jacko and with Kaya, I was able to just plant a little something. And I think what I said to Kaya when we were in Bali, I said, uh, and we're talking about Kiara, remember we're talking about Kiara? Mm-hmm. I said, yep. I know a girl who's really pretty and really fit and she eats all of her veggies and she loves vegetables and Kaya's gone That's right. The right, challenge was set. Right, that's it. I could see like she was exploding on the inside. She was going she I if she was big enough she would have stabbed me with a fork and a knife. Uh, because she just knew that the challenge had been set. If there was another girl out there that was prettier than her, another girl out there that was smarter than her, that was eating vegetables, then she wasn't going to have anything of it. So she was. She the first thing she did after her meal was come up to me. She goes, "I ate my veggies, Damo," and that was it. Uh, all of it. That's <laughs> all right. of it. And that's the thing is, it's funny how you know. You know, when when you know your your kids' leverage in terms of values, that's what you sort of have to work. Is they're no different than anybody else. We're not. It's not manipulation. It's about really just speaking to their values, and it comes to a mindset. Um, really trying to change them. And the reason why I'm sharing the story is because I think I know a lot of parents out there um, do struggle. Like you know, Brett, you got two kids who just happen to obviously love food, and which is great, and give everything a go. And then that's fantastic. I have one like that with Christian. And it's so much easier. Like it's so much easier when yeah. they will just give anything a go. You put anything in front of their plate and they'll just eat it, um, which is great. Like I remember Christian yesterday and, you know, he would say, um, can I have some yogurt, Dad, with some cacao and some dr- some blueberries and some strawberries? It's like, <laughs> wow, this is, he's two and a half. He wants some cacao. That's awesome. I love it. You know? And uh, so it's, it's you know, the challenges for, for those parents with veggies is that you just got to figure some way. Don't give up. But that's the problem. Most parents would just sometimes just give up and that's the worst thing that can do because that sets them up. And give for, in. Yeah, up yeah and give in. in. And, yeah. and that sets up for our later pro- um, problems, and uh, which is a lot harder to take. It's true. It's very true. Yeah. 
And it's it's definitely it's like a war, not a battle, isn't it? Like it's a long term thing, and it's something that's an ongoing thing. Like you know, just with kids in in everything with your kids. Just when you think you've got it sorted, like you're like, sweet, I'm on top of it, I've got it sorted, we've got this all under control, and then just like that, they just change again. And it's like all of yeah. a sudden the battle lines are completely redrawn, and you're starting from scratch. And and that just happens with kids as they grow, as they hit different phases. They're going to like different stuff. They're going to have different influences. They're going to be into different stuff at different times. But it's just a matter of, I think, just that consistency and just keep working at it. And, and over time, you're just going to keep reinforcing those positive habits. It, it really does make a difference. You know, they're not always going to be perfect, but you know, they're, they're going to carry that with them for the rest of their life without a doubt. I've got to tell you that the hardest part is actually when you're traveling. You know, I just got back from two weeks in the, the States, and the biggest challenge is, is always eating um, out every single meal. It's tough in the States. Yeah. Oh, it's tough anywhere. Like guys, I mean, I go to Bali all the time and every kid's yes, meal, you do. every, three every weeks. kid's yeah, every <laughs> three weeks, I'm leaving next week. Um, no, every, every kid's meal anywhere in the world with hotel, typically Terrible. most of the kids food are, it's always like fried. it's fish and fried. chips, fried. it's chicken tenders, it's a hamburger. And guess what? It's yeah. always with fries. Yeah. Like everything has, yeah. the only dish that doesn't have fries is spaghetti. Yeah. Right. But you can get a side of fries. Don't do yeah, side of fries. That's right. And it's really difficult, you and know, to it's what, what you got to really kind of make sure you go. If you're going to give them fries, like you just take away at least three quarters of it and just say those are the only ones you're going to have, you know, or just make sure you can order some steamed veggies, you know, or they, they can actually have that replace the fries so they don't have that option. We just and didn't so, buy, we didn't buy kids' meals. Jackson no. just didn't know that it was a, a menu that yeah. had kids' meals. So we would um, just get him an adult meal. And uh, and teach them to eat the adult meal. That was that was our strategy. It, it, obviously, it cost you more to do it that way, but um, we just felt that it, it, for Jackson, we weren't going to give him access to a different menu, so that he thought that he would always be eating differently to us. Yeah, that's, that's what we just do. Salmon usually you just purchase salmon as yeah. a, the adult version and split it up into. Split it up. Yeah, that's exactly what we do as well. Just ask for an extra plate, split it up. Yep. It doesn't actually cost you any more, but you get a much healthier meal than the kids' menu. Yep. Mm. For sure. All right. True. Well, let's 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 talk a little bit about how as you as they go on. I mean, Jackson obviously is hitting their teen his teenage years. When did the challenge start for you? Like in terms of obviously you have we as our kids are younger and five and under. You know, we still have control. When did you find that you were starting to lose a little bit of control and for him to kind of just maybe choosing other things with his friends and stuff, for example? I think probably from about grade five onwards. You know, they kind of um, get a bit of independence. And we certainly noticed that with Jackson in grade five, Jack was, you know, walking to school and, well, he was, you know, skating to school on his, on his, um, what are they called, a, a scooter. And, uh, and so he was doing that sort of thing. And so he's hanging with his mates um, a lot before school and then after school. Um, when we used to do before school care with Jackson, um, it was actually quite good because the food there was very, very good. It was easy to give him, you know, fruit and, um, and generally he was making good choices. When he stopped doing after school and before school care, uh, he had that little bit of extra flexibility. You know, they, they go past a milk bar on the way home, and we always ask Jackson to make very good choices, and so we'd ask him not to buy things, you know, particular things. I would definitely wouldn't let him buy any soft drinks, and we definitely wouldn't let him buy, um, you know, like just chocolates and just junky stuff. We didn't mind if he bought some chips, but we asked him to look for MSG, so we told him what MSG was, and... So, you know, inadvertently, he'd end up buying salt and vinegar or he'd buy plain chips. But 
Um, and he'd do that really just to hang out with his mates. But then what ends up happening is that their flavor, their flavors, you know, their taste buds change and they, they start to desire more than just the simple flavors of fruit and vegetables. And they start to go with the saltier, stronger flavors. And, mm. uh, and then that's really difficult to, to kind of monitor and, 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 uh, change. So we did actually find Jackson going a little bit crazy towards the end of grade five. Um, where he ate um, some really ordinary food. Actually, it, in fact, it was probably about the middle of, of grade six that he was actually starting to eat some really ordinary food, almost on purpose and not to spite us, but just he was like, well, you know, this I'm going to do it because the mates are doing it and stuff like that. So we ended up having to set him a challenge. And so again, we had to find a, a way to w- in which we could appeal to his values. And um, we set Jackson a challenge to go for 12 months without any junk food. And so there was no sugar, no chocolate, no soft drink, nothing like that. you know. And he did that for 12 months. And he re- received a reward that basically that period of time, that 12 months from the September to the September of no junk food, no sugar, all the way in his transition year of his first year of, um, of high school, um, meant that he reset his body and now the flavours of sugar and sweet and chocolate and lollies and all that sort of stuff, he doesn't desire them as much as what he was back then, which is which is you know exactly the result we're after. I think that's a really important point about the resetting of the, the taste buds and that's one of the reasons why we encourage um, you know, parents not to start the kids off with you know, the young kids especially with junk food, you know, with soft drinks and, you know, the 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 fast food stuff because it really sets the taste buds and sets them for life and they get trained in that model. Um, you know, even all, you know, the things, the challenges I have with Kaya, the, the advantage of that is that she's really never had that much junk food. And so when she goes to a birthday party or something and she tastes something, you know, like say a processed cake, you know, a birthday cake or something, she just doesn't like it, you know, cause she's never had that and just doesn't taste right to her unless it's, you know, sort of homemade um, type of, uh, you know, with fresh food. And so I think, I don't know if you find that Brett with your kids, I mean, you know, what, what, actually, let's, let's tackle this from a different angle. You know, what is some of the challenge you think, Brett, is going to be coming ahead of you uh, regarding huh. your kids? And how are you tackling it now to kind of train them and teaching them about food? Yeah, well, I'm sure there's plenty of challenges ahead. I mean, my kids, like I said, they're a bit like your kids. They, um, they just haven't eaten a lot of that stuff. They actually don't even really know a lot of it exists, although that's, that's already starting to change. I can certainly see that now. Um, obviously, you know, there's a few challenges, I guess, coming through for my kids. They're obviously now in two different households, which I think makes a bit of a change there. Um, so, you know, having slightly different rules in different households can, can obviously make a difference. Mm. Um, so that'll obviously be, you know, an ongoing sort of work in progress, I guess, going forwards. Um, and then, you know, obviously as, you know, Tom next year will be moving into school. So all of a sudden he's going to be at school next year, um, with, you know, all sorts of different kids who have all sorts of different things in their lunchbox. Um, and I've already seen that, you know, with uh, with Charlotte, for instance, you know, she came home from nursery school the other day and she had like a half-eaten sandwich in lunchbox. <laughs> and, and that obviously wasn't packed by us, but that's some other kid's lunch that somehow ended up in Charlotte's <laughs> lunchbox. And so, uh, so there's, you know, there's a bit of food swapping or something going on there. And, um, but, you know, the, the cool thing about that, I guess, is it's just, it's always an opportunity just to sit down and talk to your kids about it and go, hey, that's interesting. Like, you've obviously eaten something a little bit different today. What have you noticed? Have you felt any different? You know, how, talk to them about how that might affect them, how that's, you know, so you can, you can talk to them about how that's going to impact them, particularly in terms of their health. Um, and I think that's just really important to use those opportunities to talk to your kids about different foods and how they nourish them and how that's going to affect them. I think that's a really good point about talking to them now and not dumb it down. I think a lot of us sometimes think, think, oh, the kids won't understand. But why don't you just give it a try anyway? 
you know, just explain it to them and they may or may not understand, but it does sink in a certain level. I mean, my kids, I remember when Kaya um, said to me, I think she was about two years old or two and a half years old. And she goes, oh, that's McDonald's. And I'm like, you know, as we drove by and I'm like, how do you even know McDonald's? She doesn't watch, she, at that point, she didn't watch any television. There was no advertising on television at McDonald's. There was, she's never been to McDonald's ever. And yet somehow she knew about McDonald's. And it's amazing. Somehow, somewhere, you know, that got in somewhere. And I really still don't know, understand how. Huh. Um, and it so at that advertising level, the marketing is definitely sinking in somewhere. So, you know, you, your job as a parent, I believe, is, is also start to market them about healthy eating and healthy choices. And, and I think that's the thing, Lawrence, is that you have to remember that there's so much repetition of that advertising going on out there that, that sometimes as a parent, you feel like you're being super repetitive when you're talking to your kids about food and healthy mm. options and how it affects them and those sort of things. But you've got to remember the repetition they're getting if they're watching TV if they're, you know, what they're getting exposed to at school from friends, you know, just everywhere they look, there's so much repetition of that that one message. Mm. Um, but you know, you do find if you if you are consistent with it as a parent, then you start to see your kids thinking differently about it as well. I mean, I know we drove past Hungry Jack's just the other day, and and Tom's looked in there and goes, "Oh, check out that playground." Oh no, actually, no. Charlotte looked at it and went, "There's a playground. Where should we go play there?" And Tom said, <laughs> "No, no, we don't go to that playground because they got yucky food." That's right. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure they have some sort of food there that's not yucky, maybe. But <laughs> but Tom's just like, <laughs> no, they just have yucky maybe. food. We don't play in that playground. We go find a different one. Mm. And yeah. uh, and I just thought that was cool. Like I was like, wow, okay. I, I don't ever remember talking to him about hungry jacks but obviously just those messages have kind of sunk in and he really thinks about what food he's going to eat and how that's going to affect his body how that's going to affect his health which i think is the most important thing for him it's like it's how he's going to perform how he's going to run how he's going to play um you know how he's going to feel and those are the important things yeah i remember uh, my daughter always comes up to me always almost every every other day she goes measure me dad measure me dad you know, and she's like, I'm taller, I'm taller because I ate all my veggies yesterday. <laughs> it's, it's just one of those things like playing on values. Well, let's talk a little bit of a mindset here because that's sort of what we're leading into regards to the way, you know, the way our kids think. How do you tackle? So what are some of the key things that you would, uh, in, in, you know, I guess, install into uh, Jackson's brain, Damien? Well, every night when he goes to sleep, I actually put headphones on and I brainwash him. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I put like, put like kind of crazy music on. Now, I, what I with Jack, we positively reinforce behaviour. I suppose that's um, that's what we try to do uh, all the time. And so when he's when he's making decisions, because he's at that age where he's making a lot of decisions, he's um, you know I suppose we, we he, he kind of he's ebbing and flowing between is this right, is this good, or is this bad, or is this wrong, and so. There's there's a whole lot of this stuff going on, and then there's hormones flooding in, and and, and there's a there's a lot. There's, I mean, parenting it's the most interesting thing ever because even though it's not that difficult, it's way more difficult now than what it was. But it's still it's just challenging. Anyway, so what we find with Jack, and he's an angel really, is he, and he never pushes back. Is that the key thing we have to do is continue to positively reinforce excellent behavior and continually uh, reinforce excellent decisions and interactions and manners and communication. So what you start with as a, as a little child and that you're positively reinforcing, you continue to do that all the way through for, I suppose, as long as they live in your house. Um, and, and that, I suppose, for us, we see that reflected in the decisions that he does make. You know, if he does go out with his friends, you know, he won't, and he still hasn't to this day had any coca-cola and i know that sounds kind of strange but when when kids are faced at parties and they're 
um, in different environments, he just he won't go there. He just goes, why would I drink that stuff? It's not good for me. And I go, that's right, Jacko. And uh, but you know, he still might have a ginger beer. I don't think ginger beer is going to kill him, but he's more likely to make a decision that's you know a, a bit. It's a bit better for him. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that's that's, that's fantastic. I mean, one, I remember one of the things that um, the couple of key things that I, I try to install into my kids is is to the the self value of like self worth. You know, not yeah. about it's not about. And I heard this from um, Murray. I can't remember his last name um, from Real Education, and he talked about and that really stuck by me when he said that a couple of years ago, where he said, you know we constantly reinforce our kids like, oh, you're doing a great job and, you know, you're doing really, really well. And so one of the things he says that, that when we end up growing up is that we actually then reinf- that reinf- we get reinforced by um, always seeking for approval of others. And so one of the things that he said was to ask the question before you actually praise them is to ask the question, he goes, are you proud of yourself? You know, so that they actually yeah. answer them that they, first they got to be proud of themselves first and then we reinforce that because I'm proud of you as well, you know. And so I yeah. thought that was one of those key things. And you I was actually like, wow, told me that I think LT, and I, I remember I use it a lot more than whatever you used to, and, it, and it's it works a treat. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. It's and just I'm actually exactly the same. And you know, you were talking before about the positive reinforcement demo, and I love that, and I use that heaps. But then I also sometimes find that you know I'm really conscious of of also just. Um, just giving you boosting your kids' self esteem anyway. So it's like you want to do the positive reinforcement, but then you also at the same time want to let them know that regardless of what they're doing, that you love them, and regardless of what they're doing, that you think they're beautiful and that you think they're intelligent and you think they're good kids. And you know, so you want to have that reinforcement, like the positive reinforcement just of them as a person, as well as the positive reinforcement of their behaviors too, which I think is really important too. For sure, it's just making sure that self esteem is super high is is, is such an important thing, and just letting them know that. That they're loved unconditionally, I think, is such an important thing. Mm. I think the other major thing that I, I really want my kids to grow up is, is just be respectable. You know, to res- to have that social respect to always say please, and, and it starts with I please mean, and respect, thank you. Respectful, respectful, yeah. Yes, yes. And but I mean, you know, starting with the words please and thank you, like always, no matter if it's just us to adults with anybody, is always a please and thank you. And I noticed that Christian, uh, you know. Um, lately it's not been looking at people's in the eye, you know, like when they speak to adults and you always trust getting them to look at the, you know, anybody who he speaks to or someone speaks to to look him in the eye. I mean, those are small little things and people might think that's so pedantic, but, but, but they're so huge when you can actually train someone like, a, you know, you, you guys know my daughter, Kyle, I mean, she's always saying please and thank you. And it's, it's just a show of respect at a young age that starts and it's going to be continued, I hope, uh, into the future. Um, to make sure that there's always that respect about society, about de- dealing with people, and um, always you know showing that they're, everybody's exactly the same, and I think that's really really important. For sure, for sure, boys. Um, there's a lot of other health things and a lot of other you know decisions that uh, I suppose parents face. Um, one of the ones for me, and look, I had a friend today who I, I spoke to, whose little boy had a fall. He cut his face open. He's very young. Um, had to go to the hospital, then had to have plastic surgery, and as a result of that, had a number of different injections, so um, IV antibiotics, had to be put um, into um, general anaesthetic so that he could have the surgery, and woke up and had a you know a bit of a freak out. And, you know, there's a whole host of different things. When my little boy stopped breathing um, and was rushed to hospital, and um, and I was the guy, I actually resuscitated Jack, when um, when he stopped breathing, we got him to the hospital. 
um, and they discover that he had some kind of an infection, you kind of face with, oh my gosh, I could lose my child here. And you have to make some pretty hard, hard-hitting decisions. And so with Jack, he had IV antibiotics, but um, I remember this being very, very traumatic for me because they did try to give him um, IV antibiotics um, in veins, but they kept on bursting the veins. And so they went through his arm veins, both sides, then his feet veins, and then his hand veins. So it took them six veins to blow out before they listened to me. And after the second vein that they blew out, I said, can you just give him IM? Just chuck it in the muscle and see how it goes. And um, and it, it was, you know, for me, such a, a very traumatic and very... Um, harrowing time to watch your child look at you while he's being held down by a couple of nurses and a doctor and being stabbed with a needle. It's very, very challenging and, and, and many of us are faced with those sorts of decisions. So there's no right or wrong about it, but then the question is, what do you do then to kind of recover from that? You know, what are the things that you can do to assist your child um, after they've had to undergo some kind of traumatic experience, such as what Jackson had just experienced or this friend of mine's child experienced just only 24 hours ago and um, and, and for me, the key thing for me was to focus purely on getting Jackson's gastrointestinal system right. So we used a lot of probiotics. Um, we didn't go and throw a whole lot of supplements, but I'm, I tried to make sure that Michelle's diet was excellent because we we're still breastfeeding at that time. And uh, and so it was it was such an important. So, so he must have been he must have only just been he must have been younger. So he wasn't two years. It must have been when he was about ten months or something because. It was it was such a, it was a very very difficult time. But Michelle had to eat really good food because she was breastfeeding, um, and she maybe threw I think she might have even thrown a few extra supplements in, maybe some zinc and vitamin C. But we didn't supplement Jackson with anything extra. We just needed him to get great nutrition through the breast milk and uh, and, and a probiotic to fix up his gut after the antibiotics. So um, that's those are the things that I had to think about. And look, there's people out there that have had to probably do even more traumatic things than that. You know, remember the lady that we spoke to at the um, at the summit whose child was going through chemotherapy. Do you remember that, boys? Mm. Yeah, um, and I guess what it comes down to, I think, is just remembering that the difference between sort of wellness and crisis care, you know, and that there is a place for crisis care. Like just because we talk about wellness this all the time it. doesn't this mean that we don't think there's a place for crisis care because there's a time and a place. And, you know, if I get hit by a bus, then crisis care is what I'm going to go for and, you know, they'll probably save my life and, and you'd be, you know, forever grateful for that. And it's important to remember that there is a time and a place for it. But obviously what we want, to, want people to understand is this wellness care aspect as well because often we kind of wait for the crisis care and when sometimes we can do the wellness care first and, and hopefully avoid getting to that crisis care stage in many instances. And then there's always going to be instances where you can't do that. There's going to be traumas. There's going to be you know, unexplained illnesses that, that for whatever reason, despite the fact people are doing their wellness stuff well, that, that might be causing, you know, they, they still end up having to, to go through that crisis care system. And when you do, thank God it's there, you go through it. And then once you're on the other side of that, it's not over. Just because you're out of the crisis doesn't mean it's over. You then go back to your wellness care model and say, okay, well, now that I've got over the crisis, how can I get myself back to thriving and functioning as well as I possibly can be? So, you know, it's important for people out there to understand that just because we're talking about wellness, just because you are wellness oriented doesn't mean that, that using that crisis care system is a bad thing. It has a time, it has a place, and when that time comes, you're always grateful that it's there. That's what, I mean, that's exactly right. I would have said exactly the same thing. I mean, those choices were made um, based on the situation. I mean, everybody's going to have to make those choices, and it's all going to mm-hmm. come down to, uh, to the choice and with the situation and basically depending on what's going on. But I don't think they're exclusive to each other. Like you can't just be one one camp and can't you know yeah. negate the other. I think you need to take both of them. And when the situation arises, I mean that's what medicine is there for. 
you know, and so I think you need to make the choices appropriately. And if you don't know, take a step back. Don't make a rash choice sometimes. You just take a step back and call. Um, that's why we talked about the network. Remember that networking episode we talked about? Yeah. Having a good network of people to say, have those key people on your speed dial to be able to call them and say, you know, listen, this is the situation I'm in right now. What 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 do you think I should do? And I, sometimes I remember I was in a situation when I was in Kuala Lumpur and Kai was uh, had a really massive high fever and she was fitting, like she was mm-hmm. shaking. And, you know, I, I called someone in Hawaii um, because, you know, it was like midnight our time. And I saw call someone in Hawaii that, who I trusted and mentored and just say, like, you know, this is my situation. Because when you're under stress, you, you can't think properly. When it comes down to your child, sometimes you're just not the best person to make that decision. But you need to be in a calm state. And so, therefore, you need someone to kind of bounce ideas off of and go, no, this is the situation. What's the, what do you think I should do? And then when they kind of give you the rationalization about it, then you can go, okay, that actually makes sense. You know, when, when you push into a corner sometimes and you're under stress, it's hard for you to make a, 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 you know, a really wise, logical decision. Yeah. Guys, I hope you got a lot out of this. I mean, we, we kind of obviously talked a lot of different topics about raising wellness kids. And I think yeah. the most important thing here is, you know, there's no different than an adult. You focus on food. We never got to exercise, but it's the I same. I was going to say we didn't even get to kids' fitness today, so we wanted to do a whole other episode on that one. I think yeah, that might just be an episode. Well, on we could zones. easily do that one, couldn't we? Yeah, but I think you know the three fundamental key pillars is that we talk about is having great food, great exercise, and fitness when kids, and really most you know, and all of it put together is the great mindset together as well, and get them to think right. So if you enjoyed this episode, please go to our Facebook page and keep the conversation going on the Wellness Guys and the Wellness Couch Facebook page. Like us while you're there, and share this podcast with your friends and families and the other strangers you think that will need a wellness update. Subscribe to us on iTunes while you're there. Leave a five star rating because that's what Demo loves. So. Until next week, begin creating walls into your lives. Lead by example. Let's change the world's health together. Join us next week on the Wellness Guys Show. Hi, this is Dr. Brett Hill from the Wellness Guys and That Paleo Show. How would a pair of Vivo Barefoot Ultras feel on your feet this summer? These guys are awesome and our good friends at Vivo are giving away one pair of their newest range to one lucky Wellness Couch member. Vivo Barefoot Shoes feature a puncture-resistant, flexible, non-pitched sole and a wide toe box which allows the foot to move as nature intended, as close to being barefoot as possible. All you have to do to be in the running is become a Wellness Couch member by midnight Sunday, December 22nd, Australian Eastern Standard Time. Membership is free and comes with a range of benefits. To become an official member of the couch, go to www.thewellnesscouch.com and enter your name and email address. Merry Christmas from all of us here at The Wellness Couch and may it be filled with great health and good times with those you love. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter, The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.